Are you an empty nester looking to downsize from the family home? Are you finding your home no longer serves the purpose you bought it for? Do you need to declutter and don't know how or where to begin? If so, this podcast is for you. Hi, I am Belinda Woolrich, downsizing expert, author and director of learning at rightsizeyourhome.com.au. Welcome to the Right Size Your Home podcast series, where I share insights, knowledge and the Right Size Your Home framework to help and support you move through the process effectively and efficiently with a practical step-by-step roadmap on how to overcome the fears and challenges of right sizing and plan to make the journey a fun, stress-free and profitable process. Hello, Belinda Woolrich here and welcome. Thank you for attending this online workshop wherever you are and whatever time it is in the world. It is great to have you here online and we appreciate your time and effort to be on board. Our best wishes to you, your family and community and friends. A bit more about me. I'm Belinda Woolrich. I'm a downsizing expert after project managing hundreds of downsizers and helping people through this transformation over the last decade. I'm also an author of the book, Right Size Your Home, The Empty Nester's Guide to a Stress-Free Downsize. I am also the Director of Learning at rightsizeyourhome.com.au, where I have written and designed several courses to help people in their downsize and get in control of this journey. Without further ado, welcome Jenny. Thank you very much for coming along today. No problem. So Jenny is a Director, Financial Advisor retire by des- at Retire by Design. So as an experienced and certified financial planner, Jenny is committed to providing her clients with quality, straightforward advice and the highest levels of customer service. She is passionate about helping clients set and achieve their unique retirement lifestyle and financial goals and partnering with them throughout various retirement planning stages. So definitely retires by design. So we'll hear a lot more from Jenny today. Moving on to the workshop topics, What will we cover today? So what will we learn? I've got five major headings coming up. So why, the first one being, why would you think about right sizing now? How can I afford to right size? And how much does it cost to right size? What does a great financial planner do? And wouldn't my accountant do that? So what's the difference between the two? I often have a, a, a few questions on that from our clients. And top tips for doing the right size and getting your financial freedom. Alrighty, first topic. Jenny, why would you think about right sizing right now in this particular tricky time? The market is always relative. So most people do need to, at some point, look at the, to the family home to try and um, fund their future retirement or lifestyle needs. Um, and it's, it is relative, the market is relative. So although, you know, it it's, can be a little bit unpredictable um, at times, if you're leaving the market and entering the market at the same point in time, it's, it's relative. So um, uh, I can't see any reason why if you do need to do it and the timing is right for you, that there'd be any um, issue in this current market with, with, uh, with doing the right size now. And that often comes up and it's something that I talked about in my book too. And of course, Jenny, you contributed to that book. Um, that it is, for me, it is all about what you just said, is it the right time right now for that individual? So we wouldn't want them to feel any pressures coming from outside or being concerned about the market because of that changeover 
cost is all relative. Mm. Um, and definitely the more important thing is to do it when it's right for them. That's right. And of course, a bit earlier um, is always good rather than leaving it too late. That's right. At least it's being ready to go, ready to push the button. If, if for some reason, you know, at that time that you're ready to go, it's not right. At least you know you're ready to go. So when you are um, ready to move a little bit further down the, the track, your house is ready, your photos are ready, you can just press go at that later time. If for some reason, um, like COVID coming again and no open houses, you can just push it down the track and you're ready to go. You've got all your house ready, you've got your finances in order and you're ready to go. Definitely. And I guess also if you see that dream property comes up. Right. And that's the other thing. It's not going to pass you by too. Yes, that's right. right. Topic number two. So how do I know if I can afford a right size? Mm. What are your thoughts? Yeah, this one is very close to my heart. Um, So knowing whether you can afford to is really about, I guess, part of the research and planning that should have should happen at the very, very beginning, um, or throughout your planning for retirement or at whatever stage you're at when you're doing the right size. So it's sitting down with your team, with your group of people, um, and knowing that, you know, you're doing the research and having a look at, well, um, what do you need, where you're going to go to, what you're going to get, um, and what needs to be sort of left behind if that is part of the goal is to release some funds along the way. Um, So, yeah, having this is the time, this is definitely the time where you're dealing with one of the most, the largest financial assets in your, that you'll have in your life. So it's time if you're ever going to engage experts um, to be doing it at this point in time where you would sit down and do some modelling and have a look at what is associated with the actual um, right size. Most people are moving from the larger home into a smaller home. Um, so generally the, the costs can, are at least negative, but usually, it is, I mean, so neutral, um, but most of the time we're able to release some capital in there as well to be able to invest. Um, So it's allocating in that process as well for any costs. So it's for getting the house ready. It's for real estate agents. It's also for um, stamp duty, if if that's applicable, um, and things along those lines. Right. The team of experts that you're referring to, can you elaborate a little bit more on those? So, yeah. Obviously, it would require there's things to be a real estate, your real estate agent, um, and of course, financial planner. So yes. you've kind of got a team of experts around you um, who do this all the time, um, who can actually um, be able to give you an estimate on your house um, and, and a fresh set of eyes to see what needs to be done. And from my perspective, or financial planner's perspective, sort of let you know what you would need to. Um, release um, and what you can afford to buy for in order to meet all of your future goals. Mm. And, and of course, course, it's also family members, trusted family members as well. It's a yes. big process. So it's just having who you need to have around you. I'm often dealing with um, child, clients, children, um, family, friends, or powers of attorney, um, just people that you trust to help be part of the team throughout this process. Hmm. And then, of course, probably another one that jumps to mind would be uh, someone who can read and interpret retirement living contracts or uh, wh- wherever the next property will be. That's right. Someone who 
Especially, yeah. So obviously, if you're looking to um, buy, there's, there's conveyancing, etc. If you're going into a retirement village or something along those lines, they're all very different contractual arrangements. So when you're at that point where you're looking at the actual properties to purchase, you would need um, expert legal advice to make sure that you know what you're signing up for and what's what you're what you're getting into and how to get out of it if you need to. What the conditions are of the the new purchase. Mm. So the big values are the sale price um, and interesting, uh, necessary to know that fairly early on, um, or at least an estimation. So you can get a value and not necessarily a real estate agent at that point, but get a valuation completed. <clears throat> and then obviously the costs of the transaction and where you're going to. And then what other things might be in those future goals? Whether is it is holidays? Is it upgrading a car? So usually I um, sit down with clients and try and work out what their regular costs of living are. So, for example, um, uh, I know um, there's a general guide that's been provided by ASIC that gets updated from time to time. And for a couple, what they need to live, um, uh, to have a modest sort of retirement is around that $60,000 per annum. But it does vary. So, so I have some couples that can live on 40000 I have others that need 80000 plus. So we need to sit down and have a look at, well, what does a comfortable regular income mean to you? Um, then there's also usually big ticket items, especially if um, you've been restricted with cash flow because of the, the house for some yeah. time. People often have plans to buy a car or go on a holiday, or there may be that things need to happen to the house before they sell it um, to make it, to get the best out of the, the price. So we sit down and have a look at the one-offs and then the regular income and then try to estimate future one-offs as well. If we're going to upgrade the car now, perhaps you might need to upgrade it again in eight years' time. So we need to make sure that we factor in all of these ongoing and one-off lump sum costs into the future. And then that gives us an idea of what we need. Um, to, uh, uh, to have left over. And of course, it's also then looking at, well, can we factor in some Centrelink in there? Is there any strategies that we need to look at in there to, to be able to maximise Centrelink? And sometimes that even means upsizing the home. So it might be downsizing in size, but it might be a home that's worth more um, in mm. value in order to optimise Centrelink. So it really depends on clients' goals and what they're wanting to achieve, but it's really important to have that planning um, so you know what you can sort of set your sights on for the next step. Mm, no surprises and we're still, you know, not being financially strained. Um, yeah, moment, which that's is right. And, then, and it's also, sorry, it's also then um, yeah. looking, having a, a, at least a high level discussion about where you're going to invest anything that's left over. So there's some amazing... Um, incentives that have become available, uh, I guess, through the government has recognised that, um, you know, downsizers have had restrictions in being able to get their surplus proceeds into super in previous years. So now, yeah. you know, there's the ability to pop sort of 300000 as an individual and 600000 as a couple into super um, as a result of a downsize if you're over age pension age without having to meet a work test. So there's things like that looking at, well, where is that going to go and how's, how's my money going to be managed post-downsize that can be discussed beforehand. So you've got a bit of an idea. It makes the process a little less daunting um, knowing what's likely, how things are going to work afterwards. Yes, most definitely. Mm. Talking about getting the property ready, how much does it cost to right-size? 
So this is something that I think that um, we can probably both talk about. Um, but as far as the cost, there's costs in getting the property ready, but there's also costs um, from a financial planning pers perspective. Mm -hmm. So um, can you tell me from your point of view, Jenny, what are the costs that you feel um, are involved in conveyancing um, your planning and those sorts of things? What, what should they be aware of? Yeah, so um, I mean, I, conveyancing does vary a little bit, but I usually... Um, uh, budget for around two, two and a half thousand dollars currently. So one being for the sale of your home and then again for the purchase of the new home. So I guess in total, if you popped sort of 5,000-ish yep. um, aside for legal costs, um, that's usually sufficient. Um, but obviously, you know, you could get finer details through getting some chatting to your lawyer. Mm. Um, then there's, there's also obviously real estate agent costs. Um, which do vary depending on stock on the market. It can be a bit more competitive when there's less stock on the market. But as a guide, I, you can usually um, estimate there's going to be somewhere between about 1.8 and 2% of, of the sale price. Mm -hmm. um, I usually um, suggest to people to make sure when they're signing those contracts to find out whether that's inclusive of GST or um, on top, but that should be 1.8 to 2% inclusive of GST in this current market. And there's usually marketing costs as well, so um, that, that are separate to that, that are and often upfront costs. Um, yeah. And that varies widely depending on whether you want to have full page spreads in, in magazines like the, well, like we used to in the Manly Daily, yeah, we, um, or whether you're happy to have mostly online sort of marketing. But I usually would um, estimate um, an average of at least 6,000. Yes. Some people go a little bit higher and it, if your property is more exclusive as well, you might want to access some of those high-end magazines. So you may need to budget a little bit more. Mm. And they do change for premium ads and um, which suburbs you're in and so on. So there's some quite significant differences online. But you're right, everyone needs to be doing the online marketing that's right. That's definitely the way that the, the buyers are making most of their inquiries is these yeah. days that is online. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and then I need to be guided um, by people like yourself and real estate agents, etc., mm. as to what it's not my area of expertise and what, what needs to be done to the house to get it get the most out of it. So I usually would send clients back to people like yourself um, mm. to get an expectation so that we can factor that into um, the pre-sale. And then, of course, once we're looking at, well, what's available and what needs to be left over for the new purchase, it's also factoring in any um, move, moving costs mm. um, if someone's relocating in particular and also stamp duty. Yes. Okay. If that's applicable. And um, so on to the, and breaking down the costs a little bit further. Um, so as far as the actual property, I can say there are certainly, they generally fit into two buckets. So it's what do I need to get out of this place? And, the, and that's not a presentation cost as such. And then there's how can I make this property sell for more? What cosmetic changes can I do? So it's really up to the individual circumstance as far as how much stuff they have at home, how much clutter. Um, the garden always needs to appear um, well presented, well looked after, well maintained, and it has to be stayed on top of as well. So then once it's brought up to scratch, it will require regular maintenance. 
um, how is my furniture? Do I need to invest in furniture hire or what, what have I got already? Um, and we've got another webinar coming up very soon on furniture hire and how that all works. Normal costs really in a pre-sale are around cleaning, uh, removal of items, painting, sometimes flooring. Sometimes flooring hasn't been put down for a good 15, 20 years, so that's going to be involved. And, and painting and flooring are generally the more expensive ones. And then, of course, um, furniture hire on top. And then, and then rubbish removal and the actual moving costs that you were talking about. In my book, I do talk about items that are generally done and, and are popular things to get a property ready. And an average of around that 30 to 50 um, is probably quite realistic in preparing a large family home. So certainly you can read more on that. The other thing I was thinking for a cost of a right size may well be a buyer's agent. So for someone that hasn't, uh, doesn't enjoy going and looking at property and know how much to spend and doesn't have access to all the off-market properties, it may be something that um, a right sizer might want to consider if they're looking at um, going outside of a village, for example, or aged care, but into another home, a smaller home, a buyer's agent is, is of great, can be of great value. Hi there, Belinda Woolrich here, downsizing expert, author, and also director of learning at rightsizeyourhome.com.au. I'd like to briefly let you know about our fantastic online training courses, helping downsizers get in control of their downsizing journey. Part one of our course is Shifting Your Mindset. This is about understanding the right time, moving roadblocks, and how to be ready for your downsize. Part two is the Great Declutter Challenge. This is about planning and getting stuck into your family home declutter. Part three is adding value to your family home. How to profit with your best sale price and process. I hope you love the courses as much as me. Give it a go. What are you waiting for? You'll find them and much more at www.rightsizeyourhome.com.au. So talking about great value, um, what does a great financial planner gen, um, do, Jenny? And could you also cover the differences in a financial planner's role and an accountant? Because I often hear as financial planners are probably like buyer's agents, they haven't been around for a long, long time. So this demographic is very used to the traditional um, role of an accountant and often haven't heard of or have never used a financial planner. So why would they do that? Sure. Okay. Well, firstly, what I, what I feel a, a good financial planner will do is really understand learn, and get to understand your, your goals and your needs that are specific individually to, to yourself. Um, it's not a cookie cutout process. It's really trying to understand what's important. Um, so, yeah, so that, that takes a bit of a process. It also takes a bit of a trust building to and often people when you ask them what's important to you have no idea so it's really kind of trying to delve into well where do you want to go where do you see yourself and what new hobbies are you looking at and how how that's going to translate into um, financial goals really um, and it can be quite daunting so it's making sure that people feel comfortable with it being able to ask questions that they, that know 
Um, no question is a silly question. Um, so, yeah, I often find people can be sometimes intimidated to, to ask questions because it's not an area that they're familiar with. So it's just, yeah, making sure that your financial planner makes you feel really comfortable to be able to um, partner with you. It's not really meant to be... Um, a dominant relationship. It's meant to be a partnership where more like a coach so that you feel as though you can ask any questions and that you're working together to achieve your goals. Mm. Um, yeah, the, the financial planning is, I guess, a relatively new profession. It's a profession that has um, had its ups and downs. I'm hoping that it's now heading mm -hmm. more towards being a recognised profession uh, as such with some of the more recent changes, post-Royal Commission, etc. So it's evolving. Yeah. Um, but it, as a result of that evolving, the, there is more of a distinction between accountants and financial planners that has occurred. So even as of a few years ago, accountants are now not able to give financial planning advice unless they've met certain education requirements. So there are some accountants out there that have got those, but most don't. Um, so their, their role is definitely looking at the financials, the tax, the legal tax sort of side of your situation, whereas the financial advising does have to be registered tax as well, but not specific. It's also, it's more holistic. It's more coaching. Um, it's more being an expert on Centrelink and making the longevity of your funds and the investment markets. Um, so it's a very, very different um, relationship than an accountant. An accountant will often do your tax return um, and, and uh, be able to advise you on tax law, but they won't go so far as to say, well, how's that meeting your goals? And what holidays do you have planned? And, and also then delving into your estate planning to think, well, what sort of goals do you have along um, as far as when you leave this earth? <laughs> um, so it's, and making sure that everything is set up um, for you to meet those goals. So it's, yeah, definitely, I think, more of a nurturing um, sort of relationship and coaching relationship than that of the accountant. Hmm. So we would see you more often than an accountant? Yeah, especially yeah. at these type of trigger points. So when I, I can have clients come and see me for years leading up to retirement, through retirement, etc. Um, and there's these trigger points along the way. So obviously, when you go to retire from work and you're moving your finances, receiving inheritances and, and downsizing is one of those trigger points where mm. it's a bit more high touch. You need to have had conversations leading up to it. And over that period of time, because obviously the, the conversations prior to sale are based on assumptions and estimates. And then we actually get the sale price. And then usually people haven't bought yet. So then there's, what are we buying? So there's a, it's a high touch period um, through the actual downsize. Mm, absolutely. Okay. And that's, um, that's, I guess that's what a great financial planner does. Um, so you'd be looking for someone who can educate, someone who can partner, someone who can coach along the way, someone that you're happy with on a um, level collaborative relationship. Um, don't expect to be told what to do by a financial planner. It's something that you've got to be talking through. Mm -hmm. um, and then, of course, all of your information um, will be accessible. Uh, well, not all of it, sorry. I'll say that again. Mm -hmm. You will be aware of the, accounting, uh, the accountant and their information, but not necessarily working on that and vice versa. That's right. That's right. So I work with accountants quite a lot, um, where there's tax implications, etc. When it's dealing with the sale of the family home, it's it's a capital gains tax exempt asset. Um, so there's not a lot of tax sort of um, 
implications, I guess. There's tax implications with what happens with the proceeds. Mm. Um, so often, you know, if there's a lot of funds there, which then leads to a tax um, sort of implications, we would have to deal with the um, accountant at that point in time. But a lot of the time, there's quite a lot of concessions for people who are age pension age from a tax perspective. So, uh, and if super and allocated pensions, which are all tax-free are involved, often there's no tax in retirement. Um, so not always needed to actually speak with the accountant at this mm. point of um, the transactions, I guess. Yeah, and I'm sure accountants do offer to help, and I certainly have had clients where the um, accountants have said, no, no, don't worry, um, I can do that for you. And I've always said, very different role. So um, whereas traditionally they were only a downsider, has only ever used an accountant, now you actually need both. Yes. And, and, and it should be a good partnership, the three ways. Mm, that's right. And it is good to have more than one set of eyes looking at, at things as yes, well. When there's no tax implications. Often my clients want to sort of take the statement of advice and sort of run it past the um, accountant, which I'm completely fine with. So sometimes I've even had accountants come in with clients. And yes, whatever your circle of trust is, I guess, to help you feel comfortable is, is what suits. Excellent. Excellent. Mm. All right, well, now wrapping up for the top tips of doing the right size and your financial freedom and questions. Yeah. Our top Ds are combined from Jenny and myself. First one is, I think, read the book, Jenny. You, yours was a really comprehensive section and well-written, I must say. Yeah. Your section in Right Size Your Home, The Empty Nester's Guide to a Stress-Free Downsize. Mm -hmm. So Jenny's um, got a big part there in Chapter 2 and it covers a lot of these things that we've talked about but in more depth. Number two, so choose your planner well. Um, I believe don't do anything without one. Something we didn't mention before, and Jenny, you could probably fill in a little bit more here, is that financial planners often have specialist areas. So there may be some financial planners that deal in um, younger demographic. They're uh, happy to take more risk. They've got more income to um, work with. And they've got a different strategy and different goals in their short to medium term. Yes. And then you specifically, your business is retire by design. So could you speak a little bit more about the different yeah. niches out there and yours? Sure. So, yeah, so there's a lot of um, holistic financial planners out there that will, that kind of, um, that tend to say that they do everything. Um, and there are some that just say, look, my speciality is life insurance or wealth generation, which is younger people. And then there are others who, um, like myself, are retirement specialists. So I do think it's very important that you check that out with your financial planner beforehand. What are their areas of expertise? Just to make sure you're going to the right place. And if someone is a generalist, so they do a bit of everything, just making sure that they're up to speed on things like, um, you know, Centrelink um, and... Um, also, even things like aged care, because if it's a long-term relationship that you're having with someone and you're in retirement, you want to make sure that later in retirement, when you're looking at home care packages potentially and things like that, that you're, you've partnered with the right person who's, a, who's going to be able to help you through all the various stages ahead. Mm. We want them to be experts in that, not having to read up every time you come in right. <laughs> and have established relationships with those providers and so on. So. Yeah, definitely. So I think um, it's important to choose the right one that's in the right niche uh, and not to try and make these huge financial steps uh, by yourself. Um, number three. So Jenny, talk to me about number three there, seeing one early. 
Yeah, so I, I think the earlier the better. Um, and I've had, for example, getting the money into super um, post downsize, you've got 90 days um, after settlement to get the money into super. I've had people come in to have a chat, they've downsized, they've come in to have a chat for the first time and we've got 10 days <laughs> to turn things around to get money into super or people who've missed out. Um, things also, gifting is mentioned there. So I have clients who are hoping to, you know, gift to their to their children uh, usually to help them get into the market as part of the downsize. So it's understanding sort of the gifting rules and, and what that means. And it's not late, waiting too late because you've kind of got a five-year period um, with Centrelink where that gifting may impact on any pension that you get. So just being planning early, not leaving it too late um, in the process is a good idea. And I think a lot of people put it off um, even just starting the process because there's a lot to think of. So it's just starting the conversations as early as possible. So when the timing comes, it's not too daunting. You, you really have already thought about things and had discussions early on in the piece. Mm. Mm. And that's, yeah, that's a really sad point there. Someone missing out on that um, payment. Yeah. So even more important to make sure you've got someone on your team in this financial space. Mm. Um, understand arrangements of contracts of, of when and where you are going. So tell me more about that. Well, yeah, this is um, particularly important when we're considering places like retirement villages. So the contracts out there vary quite considerably. Traditionally, it was it's more of a 99-year lease arrangement. So you pay um, a entry contribution to go in and there's um, deferred acquisition costs that if you were to leave, they're usually up to a 30% of the entry contribution and there's no share in capital gains. So, um, you know, the growth on the value is not part of what you're buying, you're, you're participating in. But there are some more modern um, retirement village contracts, for example, where you actually pay stamp duty going in, you have a share in, in capital gains, you'll generally pay a little bit more of an entry contribution into those. But it's just understanding what it is, making sure you understand what it is that you're getting into. Um, it's also making sure that you're un understanding of what the break costs are and what services along the way. If you want to get a handyman in, is that going to be provided by the village or is that something I have to arrange? So it's understanding all of the nitty gritty is, um, is really important. Unless if someone actually goes through the contract, things could go missed. Mm, yes, great. Well, they're excellent top tips. Thank you very much, Jenny. And if you want to get in touch with Jenny, feel free to send me an email and I can certainly pass the details on. So Jenny um, has some outstanding knowledge in this area and certainly um, we've worked together for a number of years. The next webinar is coming up. I'm sure you'll find them very useful. And this one's been fantastic. So I appreciate your time, Jenny. Um, so stay tuned for more exciting content. And many of our workshop questions that are here are also discussed deeper in the book. Like I said, Jenny had a, quite a fair bit um, in there and really comprehensive. So you can certainly order the book. All right, a couple of learning opportunities for you to upgrade and find out more about what we have to offer. You can, of course, buy the ebook, um, which is $9.99. The Right Size Your Home, The Empty Nester's Guide to a Stress-Free Downsize. It's a much deeper dive of this um, getting your right size right. Um, and I'm sure you will enjoy reading about that. 
Also, our online courses, I recommend that you start with the first course, it's $49, Right Size Your Home, course number one, Shifting Your Mindset. So head to rightsizeyourhome.com.au and follow the training courses um, and select the, the one that you're after there. And I hope you love it as much as I did writing it. Upcoming workshops are that how do you get your furniture higher and what happens, how much is it, how does it all work? Uh, and why would you do it? Then we've got some uh, decluttering challenges coming up as well over the next few weeks. So just register for the events at the workshop. And some closing notes here. Thank you and thank you very much, Jenny, for coming on board. We certainly really enjoyed talking to you. It's been great. Once you believe in yourself, understand you're doing the right thing, the project becomes purely a logistical process. And of course, with all the right people involved. Thank you, Jenny, and I'll look forward to chatting to you again soon. Okay, thanks, Belinda. Thanks, bye. bye. Belinda Woolrich makes no representation and gives no warranty as to the accuracy of the information and does not accept any responsibility for any errors or inaccuracies in or omissions from the information contained herein, whether negligent or otherwise, and shall not be liable for any loss or damage, howsoever arising as a result of any person acting or refraining from acting in reliance on any information contained herein. No listener or workshop attendee shall rely solely on the information contained in this, as it does not purport to be comprehensive to render specific advice. This disclaimer does not purport to exclude any warranties implied by law which may not be lawfully excluded. This workshop, which includes any resources supplied, is only for the use of the intended recipients and is confidential and or privileged. Belinda Woolrich shall not be liable for any errors, emissions, viruses, loss and or damage arising from using, opening or transmitting this workshop.